Hey, welcome to episode 53 of How to Be a Steminist. Today, I'm talking about finding your own leadership style. And before you tune out and think that this sounds like a really fluffy topic, I'm going to be really specific and, as always, very practical with the stuff I'm going to be talking about today. And it's going to be even more practical because this is the exact conversation that I've had with three of my private coaching clients over the last couple of weeks. I don't think it's a coincidence that all three clients came to me with the same misconception of their own leadership style at the same time. I honestly think that this is something that is a challenge for a lot of women in STEM right now, and I'm really excited to be sharing my thoughts on it with you today and some practical actions you can take away. This is the How to Be a Steminist podcast. I'm your host, Tiffany, a proud woman in STEM. To me, being a steminist means creating a wildly fulfilling career without compromising your family or social life. Because when you love your whole life, you become a living example that a career in STEM is where it's at. I'm on a mission to equip women in STEM around the world with strategies to take back control of their career progression, navigate those difficult and awkward gender equality issues, and stop balancing work with life and start enjoying it. If you want to learn all the things no one else teaches you about being a woman in STEM, you've come to the right place. Let's get stuck in. Hello, hello. I'm so glad you could join me today. At the time of this recording, it is currently Monday, the 17th of May, 2021, and it is the next stage of unlocking in our COVID roadmap here in the UK. I feel like I use this podcast to update you all on what's going on in this country, Um, but it is one of the most exciting things that's happening in my life right now, so I'm going to be sharing it with you. So today's date means that... Uh, restaurants and pubs, they can open their indoor areas. I think there are still some restrictions as to how many people you can sit with. I'm not sure on the details there, but that's exciting because the weather hasn't gotten any better. It was, uh, I went for a, a picnic with my friend yesterday uh, at Avebury. It's a National Trust place. It's beautiful gardens and We thought, you know, mid-May, surely the sun will be shining. But yeah, the sun did shine, but there was also like a really heavy rain. So we were sitting at this picnic table with our soggy picnic food, like cheddar and soggy crackers and salads. So it was an experience and I'll never forget it. But um, yeah, the weather hasn't gotten better, meaning that you know, being outside due to COVID restrictions hasn't been that much fun. Really excited that we can now meet up with friends indoors. And I'm allowed to invite friends over into my house for dinner parties finally. So that will be fun. I'm located in Bristol in the UK and they seem to be cracking through the uh, COVID vaccinations pretty quickly. So my husband's had his first jab, which is exciting. And I've also been offered mine. Uh, I'm a few years younger than him, so I was in the next age group down. So that's really good news. 
I have decided personally not to take the jab until after our baby is born. Um, I know that there's guidance out there that says it's safe for pregnant women, but at the end of the day, I personally feel like I just feel a bit more comfortable doing it after uh, my baby boy is born because I don't know, I'm just not medically inclined. I don't really understand the risks and I feel that if I just don't take it then there's no risk. I mean obviously there's the risk of me getting COVID but then there's more people getting jabbed and less people contracting COVID. Also I work from home. I don't see that many people in public spaces so I feel I'm fairly safe. Obviously there is a risk either way but that's what I've chosen to do. Anyway, aside from getting up to my usual talks and panel events that I like to be a part of to share my two cents on gender diversity in STEM, I'm also offering the final chance for women in STEM just like you to sign up for private coaching with me for the rest of this year. So I will be taking maternity leave from August onwards for an undecided period of time, probably from August all the way till December, unless for some strange reason I find parenting ridiculously easy. (laughs) I highly doubt it. Who knows? Or maybe I will want a bit of a break from being a mum full-time. I might come back a little bit early, but the plan currently is that I will take August to December off which means that this month is the final month that you can sign up for a coaching program with me for the rest of 2021. In order to apply for private coaching with me, the prerequisite is that you are a woman working in STEM or are between jobs in STEM, and you must schedule in a 15-minute discovery call with me. So this is a Zoom call where we are face-to-face. This is a chance for you to ask me any questions about coaching and for me to let you know whether coaching with me is the most suitable thing that you can do to solve the challenges that you're facing right now in your career. So if you've been umming and ahhing about whether you should consider coaching or maybe you've been thinking about signing up with uh, with me for coaching on your career path in STEM, but you haven't taken that action yet, this is honestly the final chance you can do it. I only have four spaces for the rest of this year. So I highly encourage you to get in as soon as possible. I have left the link to sign up for a discovery call in the show notes uh, below. So go ahead. Now's your chance. Do it. If I don't feel that you're going to get value out of it, I will tell you because the worst thing for me is for me to coach someone who's not going to get anything out of it. So don't be afraid. I will be very honest with you and I hope that you can be very honest with me as well during this call because that's the only way a good coaching relationship can exist. Now let's talk about leadership styles. This is potentially a topic where you might be like, oh, is this like a bit of a fluffy 
topic to discuss. What am I really going to get out of this? I'll tell you what you'll get out of this. (laughs) You will realize that maybe some of the things that you've been telling yourself that you need to achieve or to become in order to reach leadership levels is maybe a barrier that you're putting in front of yourself or a misconception that you have. And I really want to bust that today because I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know that we are in dire need for more women in leadership when it comes to STEM jobs. But also, I think that these misconceptions are in the way of so many women who would be amazing leaders, but they believe they wouldn't be because they don't have these, you know, quote unquote, typical leadership traits So let's bust a few misconceptions. And these are real misconceptions that my private coachings have had and they've discussed with me over the last couple of weeks. One of them is that they thought they were being too nice and apparently being nice is not a good leadership trait. Uh, the other one is that they would being too empathetic. So one of my coaching clients said that, you know, she wants to step up into leadership and, you know, she is being given the opportunities to, but she feels as if her style of coaching is, uh, her style of leadership is a little bit too like coachy. So she felt that maybe, Uh, she needed to be more directive and less, you know, spend less time trying to understand the wants and needs of her team members and more time managing. So telling them what to do, being very sure of the facts and figures and what they need to do by when and just being really directive in terms of their leadership style. So they thought, that maybe currently they were being too empathetic and they needed to change that in order to become a good leader. And other misconceptions my clients have come to me with recently are that they thought they needed to be more stern, so less friendly and more stern. Um, And I guess this comes from you know, this specific client, she thought, you know, I need to be more stern so that I can gain a level of respect from my team members who are under me. That same client thought she needed to be a bit more cutthroat in the way she delivered information or made decisions and more commercial. Let's pause and have a think about these misconceptions. So currently we think we're being too nice, too understanding and too empathetic. And we need to be more directive, stern, cutthroat and commercially minded. So being nice, understanding and empathetic, they are generally feminine traits. If we can stereotype here just for a second, these are very feminine traits, they're very caring, nurturing type traits that we don't usually put towards a leadership type trait, right? And then the other ones, we need to be more directive, stern, cutthroat, commercial. Those are very masculine traits and behaviors, aren't they? So these clients of mine, 
And it's not just these clients. I know this is a very common misconception for almost everyone, whether you're a male or female. The misconception is that to be a good leader or to be an effective leader who's respected is that you need to be less feminine and more masculine. Because of this stereotype of a leader that we hold in our culture, this discourages women from stepping up into leadership because they don't naturally always have these really masculine traits. And I'm not saying these traits are bad, but it also doesn't mean that feminine traits are bad, especially when it comes to leadership. You know, I think that the best leaders I've had have been the most empathetic people, the most understanding, the people who were most kind to the team members that they had. But also I understand you can't run a business without sometimes making those really cutthroat and difficult decisions, being stern when you need to be, directing people to do stuff by a certain time when they need to, being commercially minded. So you kind of need that balance. At the moment, in STEM, the balance is way off. We have way too many masculine traits in leadership and not enough of those feminine traits. And as I said before, because we have that imbalance, most of the time, our only role models for leadership are those masculine traits. And even some of the women who end up stepping into leadership style, uh, into leadership positions, they will adopt a lot of these masculine traits and play down their feminine traits because that's what they believe they need to do in order to become respected, to be a good leader, to be effective in their jobs. The truth is, in STEM organisations, or any organisation really, we need to have different types of leaders in order to get that balance right. Often the workforce below will become a reflection of the leaders that they have on the top level of that organization. So if you only have masculine leaders, then everyone below is going to, I guess, kind of be drawn towards having more of those masculine traits and leaving some of those feminine traits behind. And if we really want diversity in STEM, then we kind of need to have all sorts of different leaders. Again, if you're listening to this podcast, this is probably not news to you and this is probably a message that more of your leaders need to hear rather than yourselves, but this is one of my main arguments for finding your own leadership style and not trying to become someone you're not when you step into into a leadership position. I'm trying to bring this to the forefront of your mind because this might be just something that you haven't really thought about or it hasn't come across your mind as, you know, you're trying to become someone who you're not naturally like, which is okay. You know, you don't have to be a carbon copy of the people who are your leaders in order to become an effective leader yourself. You can find your own leadership style and your leadership style is 
perfect. It is, you know, if you are naturally a very empathetic person who finds themselves in a coaching position a lot of the times when you're speaking with your colleagues, that's a good thing, especially if no one else in your organization has that trait or does that. We're often afraid that if we are too kind and too empathetic in the workplace that people will walk all over us and maybe not have the respect for us that we want and therefore we downplay those things in ourselves. But kindness and empathy doesn't equal weak and unrespectable. Is unrespectable a word? I don't know. I'm I'm claiming it. Um, but yeah, it doesn't equal being weak or that you can't be a respected person. The best role models that I could think of that jumped straight into my mind were the Obamas. Both Barack Obama and Michelle Obama, they are incredibly respected leaders in their own fields. We all respect everything that they've got to say. Well, I do anyway. I'm a massive fangirl uh, of both of them. Um, but, you know, they're so highly respected. We listen to every word that they say when they speak. And it's not because they're stern and cutthroat and directive, right? It's because they have that empathy. They really deeply care about the causes that they support and they are respectable. So just because in your workplace, the people at the top might not have that level of empathy in a commercial world, it doesn't mean that it's not possible. So you can be that person. We're also afraid that we might not be able to achieve the same results or better results if we are too kind. So sometimes we think kindness means being lenient and allowing our team members to underperform and all that kind of stuff. But I honestly don't think that's the case. The more empathetic you are, the more empathetic your team members are going to be. And if there are team members who take advantage of your kindness, it probably means that even before you showed them kindness, they probably weren't doing their best work anyway and maybe aren't aligned with the company values and maybe didn't want to be there. I just feel like people don't really want to come into work every day doing a bad job. So if you show them kindness and they take advantage of that, it probably means that they're not working in the right place anyway and maybe it is time for them to go. Is that too harsh? I don't think so. Anyway, this has been an episode that's been a bit of a rant and rave about your own leadership style. And I guess the thing I want you to take away from this is... If you are about to step into a leadership position or you're at your early stages of leadership and you're feeling a bit out of place or that sometimes you are having to act or behave in a way that doesn't quite feel like yourself, then please stop for a moment and think about what it is that you feel a bit icky about. So have you had to speak in a really stern way when you 
actually, you know, your gut feeling is that you didn't need to handle the situation in that way, but maybe there was a more empathetic way that you could have handled that situation with a person. Did you act that way because you're trying to emulate your role models that you've had in your company? Or was that really the best way to do it? There there might not be, you know, there's no right or wrong answer, but really have a stop and think about it. When you're feeling like you're behaving not like yourself just to become a respected leader, I really want you to stop and think about why you feel that way. And if there is a more aligned way to your own values that you could have handled that situation just so you can grow that self-awareness of your own leadership style. The last thing we need is, you know, more carbon copies of the same people you've had as leaders because we want diversity just because we've got, if we reach 50% men and 50% women on a board, if they all behave like men, it doesn't really count, I think. So be really wary about your own behavior, why you're behaving that way. If it doesn't feel aligned, stop to think about it. That's what I want you to take away. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give this podcast a quick rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you don't use iTunes or Apple Podcasts, totally get that. I also have an Android phone. So the next best thing you can do is to take a screenshot of this episode and share it on Instagram stories. Tag me. My handle is at Tiffany Dawson underscore and tell me what the biggest thing you took away from this episode was. As I said, this is your final chance to be signing up for private coaching with me. So this is your final warning go ahead to the link in the show notes below to schedule your 15-minute discovery call with me where you can ask me any questions about private coaching and find out more info there. Until next Wednesday, take care.